What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen, and on today's podcast, I've got Jesse Trujillo. You probably remember Jesse from the podcast because he blew the doors off of it in February time, but he's doing 80 deals a year in San Diego without spending any money on marketing. 80 deals a year, multiple million dollars in revenue without spending any money on marketing, and he's got some incredible lessons today. He's also going to be coming to Flip Hacking Live to speak and show you his exact system of how he works with wholesalers, realtors, and anybody else to build relationships to get deals for free. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody. This is the second episode that I put out with our speakers from Flip Hacking Live. So you guys have met Jesse before. He was on episode 323 of the podcast. So if you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. Uh, that was an episode talking about networking for deals. Jesse is doing 80 deals a year in San Diego, one of the most competitive markets in the country by networking, that not spending money on finding properties. Massive flipper, one of the most experienced and profitable flippers in our group. Just absolutely amazing. I love spending time with Jesse. We spent a ton of time on the cruise. We've gotten to know each other since last October when he joined the group. And I don't know, there's like, there's no one better when it comes to flipping houses that we have right now. So I'm excited to bring him on the podcast again today and also talk about what he's going to speak about at Flip Hacking Live because I have pressured him in and kind of uh, forced him and wrangled him into stepping on the stage again uh, to, I don't know, over a thousand real estate investors at this event. So no pressure, Jesse. Welcome back to the podcast, man. How you doing? Thank you. Good. Thank you. Good, man. Bill, thanks for, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Always love uh, sharing, my, sharing my ideas with you and you sharing yours and you've always been helping me out. So I'd love to let you guys know what I'm up to. Well, man, I'll tell you what, like, as we've gotten to know each other, you... There, when people come into a mastermind group like this, they either like go all in and utilize all the resources and everything that's there, or they use something like just a couple things that they need, or they're kind of like in the distance where they just like watch from afar and like uh, kind of like lurk in the Facebook groups and do their own thing. You're one of those guys that just like jumped in and you're like, I'm going to take everything that's in here. I'm going to do the 500K challenge. I'm going to go to all the events. I'm going to send my, send my team to these things. I'm going to bring... Bill, will you get on a call with my team and just talk about, I'm listening to the podcast, like you went all in. And so I'm interested in the beginning of this real quick, let's hear kind of an update and story, but like, I'm interested to know since our last podcast and from October, when you joined, like what, what have you used all this for and what kind of results have you seen? Because there's a big difference between that person that jumps all in and that person who like stands on the sidelines and is kind of like, I'm doing my own thing. I don't really have time to go do all this stuff. Like you're incredibly busy, but you're also doing the 500K challenge. You're going to all the events. You're on the calls. You're making sure that your team's part of it. So why don't you first catch us up on um, some of the things that like a little bit about you and your marketing, what you're doing, and then catch us up a little bit on what you've been doing this year. Sure. So uh, as you know, I'm in uh, San Diego County here in California. Uh, competitive market, um, I just, you know, comparing it to others, I think uh, we've been doing about 80 flips a year for the last couple of years. Um, I think we've, we're going to be hitting uh, the 400 flip mark here. Um, I think with the next couple of flips, we hit this year for sure. 
Um, we've already done 66 flips this year so far. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a crazy and amazing year, um, you know, with everything that COVID that happened. I mean, it actually, we're, our team, we talked and we're actually think we're going to be going to be one of our best years ever. So as amazing as that sounds, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's kind of where, where we're at. I mean, we've adjusted, you got to shift some couple changes in the business, right. For COVID, but, um, making those changes is, I think what allows, uh, you know, everyone to keep going, you know, it's not about, Oh, COVID's here. It's time to quit. It's, it's, um, what, what can you do to change to, to make sure you stay, stay on top, right. You got to adapt. It's like anything. So, um, we've, we've adapted and I think we've adapted very well. I mean, we're still adapting. I think every day, I mean, as changes come, you just got to be ready to, to, to switch things back and forth. I mean, even my whole team is not in the office. It's, I call it a ghost town. Like literally we go in there as needed. Um, I had just bought that office like a year, half, year, year ago and remodeled it. And it's funny that I think it's kind of nice and it, but it's just sitting there now. So, um, we just kind of use it as, as needed, but, um, yeah, the team, the team's still going. Uh, we're, we're still buying several, several properties each month. Um, last month we actually had 11 acceptances. So, um, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to see each, each month is a little bit different here and there, but it, the biggest thing for us is looking at our average. So we're averaging about six to seven properties a month, uh, on acceptances right now. And, and, uh, everything's flowing. Contractors are, are working well. I mean, we're, we, we got around the whole um, Home Depot that was closed, you know, for many times or, or things are out of supplies. You know, we, we really stocked up just to just to be safe. And and um, everything seems to be almost back to normal in our side of it, you know, as normal as it can be with the changes that we got to do. So you mentioned that, uh, you know, there's you've made a couple shifts in the business this year because of uh, anywhere from like March on with the COVID uh, crisis and everything like that. What, what are just what's an example of one that you guys have? have done or some changes that you've made that have like be, made you more profitable this year when a lot of other people are complaining of the fact that there's not enough deals out there. We're not as profitable. The, the material costs are so high. The contractors aren't working. The cities are closed and stuff like that. Well, I think it's, what's really important is to like, I would always check with my lenders, right? I think the lenders, lenders in your area are a great person to speak to because if your end buyer can't get a loan, then you can't sell your house. So that's knowing that for me, I kind of would always start there. When COVID hit, I was in contact with several lenders in my area, people that I've known for years and just talking to, them, you know, and, and they were just giving me feedback and feedback and, you know, what areas, what price ranges, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the higher ends, those are the first ones that they would stop almost some, some even stop lending to them. So it, it was, it was kind of, kind of interesting to see. I mean, I, I invest, if you look at all our flips, we're investing in entry level pocket and that's what I built my company on and focused on that. And, um, and those actually didn't get hit very hard. I mean, I remember my lenders telling me, Jesse stay in San Diego, stay at a sales price of 520, you know, and I, and I took that to heart and I really made sure doing, you know, the first COVID months that we didn't, we still kept buying. We just made sure that we were buying at a price range where we know there's buyers. At. So that's, that's one is really knowing that you have, if you have a product, like in anything, you want to make sure you have a buyer. So it's making sure that, that you have someone to buy your product when you, when it's done. And so we kept going. I mean, as long as we knew we had, we had buyers, there was no reason for us to stop. We did obviously kind of just in case there was going to be a trickle or not of, um, of the price reductions, we were being a little conservative on our prices, but I think everybody was. And some of our competition actually left the game, you know, for a while they wanted to see what was going to happen. We kept buying, but just a little more conservative. Now I can tell you that 
thinks, I think everyone, you know, my competitors and everyone, all the investors here in San Diego, they notice there hasn't been a change. If anything, it's stronger market than it ever has been. So they're, every, you know, we're back to, to normal. We're back to normal. Um, what we did in the shift, I think was, you know, it's, it's before in the day, you, you know, you can go and, and meet these agents and talk to them in person. You know, it's, it's really now taking that extra step, that extra time and calling them on the phone. Remember they're, they're stuck at home like you are, you know, during COVID. So they're, you know, sometimes they're bored, you know, you just call them, just talk to them on the phone. And even if he doesn't have a deal, just let them know that you're still buying. It's, it's really letting them all know that you're still in the business. I think because a lot of agents, when I would talk to them, they go, Oh, you're still buying. And I would say, yeah, like five or six a month. And I think they were shocked. They were shocked to hear that. And the fact that we would tell them, then all of a sudden we'd get a deal from them. All of a sudden they'd be accepting our offers because they know, okay, Jesse hasn't stopped. Jesse can close these things. You know, you got to remember that these agents, I mean, they have clients and these clients are scared of everything going on as well. So for them to know that they could trust us to close this and they still look good to their clients is, is huge. It's huge for them. You know, um, we were, we were working. I mean, when I say shifted, other thing shifted is we kind of sometimes bought some deals sight unseen. I mean, we had them do videos for us. We had them take pictures for us you know, as many things as they can without us having to go to their home, um, you know, to avoid obviously with the COVID situations, we adapted to it and we felt comfortable. We showed to our project manager, you know, kind of give it and, and we'd roll the dice a little bit, right? I mean, to a certain degree, I mean, we drive by it, we check the neighborhood, we still check the comps, but going inside it, we, as many times as we could, we would go, but if we couldn't, we'd actually, we'd kind of be honest with the, with the agent and say, Hey, let's lock it up. We do need to go in at least once just to, just to make, hundred percent sure, but you know, we're willing to, move, you know, we're willing to move forward without even going inside. And I think that really showed people that we're, we were the ones that they could trust in this, uh, during this whole situation. I mean, even to this day right now, I mean, we still have agents. There's a lot of people that don't want you in their house, you know? So, um, yeah. it's really adapting to that and, and, and teaching my team, you know, Hey, let's carry our mask. Let's carry gloves. Let's be ready. You know, know that, you know, be conscious when you go to their house that, you kind of stay away so you can say that six feet away from them, make them feel comfortable, you know? So it's, it's being about, it's about being courteous and, and really think about the other person. And I think the agents and, and people that deal with us would really respect that. And I think they still do to this day. And I think that really allows us to get more deals, you know? Yeah. You mentioned the like other flippers leaving the game. It's interesting as a wholesaler, we saw, we saw like, and I remember doing like an interview on it where I kind of broke down, I did a webinar on, like the percentage of buyers that we have, like we had a certain percentage of buyers who were like, I'm not buying anymore at all. And then you had the middle who were like, I'm adjusting our, our numbers down like 10%. And then we had like this 10 or 15% of people who are like, I'm actually being more aggressive than I was before. Like I'm, 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 I'm interested. I'm willing to buy. I'll pay what I was paying before. Probably like we, we want to buy more right now, actually. And those are the people that what I, what I saw is I saw this like, this gap of time where people weren't buying things. They were sitting on the sidelines a little bit. And what happens then is they start kicking themselves down the road. Like you don't see the effect of that right away to your business as a flipper for sure is you don't see the effect of that for a few months. And then all your inventory starts going out and you're like, Oh gosh, like, okay, well we're going to pause. We're going to sit on the side. We're not going to spend any money on marketing. We're not going to do all this stuff and we're going to see how things happen. And then what they noticed was three months later is, well, there's no inventory. And if you have a house that's vacant, that's fixed up, that's nice, people still are buying houses and they're seeing the prices start continuing to go up and just as strong as ever. 
And then those flippers or those investors that were sitting on their hands for three months are going, we need more inventory. And so then they start scrambling the last couple months to find it where the people that kept going business as usual, where like something like my wholesaling business, I did see a slowdown. Like I saw a compression. I didn't make as much money as a wholesaler because I was, mar I was spending $45,000 a month through it in marketing to make sure that I didn't see that slowdown and that compression because that will hit you harder than that month that I lost 10, 15, $20,000 because I, I knew that I was going to have to burn some equity in the company to get through that time to keep the same people on staff. And so fortunately I'm at a place now where we're coming out and just doing a bunch of deals and, and we kept, kept it going where other people are going, ah, God, everything slowed down because I stopped marketing for a few months and the flippers, it's the same thing. We're not buying and that's, that's our product. So now we have this huge gap and we have to take three months to kind of get that momentum going again. So I think you buying and you going out there and saying, Hey, we're still buying and talking to those wholesalers, talking to those realtors. That was it. Like that is probably a huge reason why you didn't lose three months of profits like other people did to make you as profitable, if not more profitable than you have the year before. So I think that's huge. Like a lot of, I was, I was beating that drum as a wholesaler emailing to my list. Um, I would send out like that webinar that I did, the interview that I did with Bruce Norris and like really trying to get them to understand the fundamentals and be like, don't stop buying. Like I'm telling you, and I hate to say, I told you so now to some of the people that are on my list, but they're coming to us like, we need more houses. We need more houses. Like, Hey, sorry. Like we, we, we don't, we don't have an unlimited number of houses and just giving you priority. Um, it's just, it is what it is. You should have been buying the whole time. I told you this three, four months ago. But they don't, they didn't, you know, a lot of people didn't realize, and I mean, even us, I mean, it's, it's that we actually, our homes became one of the hottest commodities during the, during everything that's going on still to this day for COVID because we have vacant homes. They're easy to show, you know, mm -hmm. they're, it's, it's, it's agents love showing our homes right now. Like they, it's, it's easy. Their clients aren't worried. You know, we're not worried. So it's, it's a, vacant homes obviously even remodeled remodeled vacant homes i mean just to make it even better is is i wish i had 20 more each month right now i mean I, I, that's I, what everybody says me too like i wish i had 100 more houses every single month like if if i if we had the inventory it's just supply and demand it's pure supply and demand like you were talking about that, that's it and there's like no supply and there is still a demand and the demand hasn't necessarily gone up it's probably gone down a bit like people aren't moving in the summer and stuff like that like they were but that demand is still at a point where we didn't have enough inventory before and now we have half of that on the market now and you have the vacant home that can be shown any time of the day with nobody around and it's like that's game changing so um all right let's move let's move into some of the um like you you have jumped in and really kind of like grabbed everything that we have so i've seen you doing the 500k challenge which i haven't talked about a ton on this podcast I don't think we've really talked about it much at all on here, but we've had hundreds of investors go through this 500K challenge. It's something that I set up with this, like 30 days to 500K. It's a private money uh, challenge, like 30 days of videos for me and challenges and missions and stuff like that. How did that go for you? I noticed you doing it and um, I'm interested to hear from you. Somebody who, I mean, arguably you've raised probably tens of millions of dollars and have a lot of private lenders. So I was surprised to see you pay a hundred dollars and jump into this challenge. Yeah, you know, well, it's, I, you know, I could say since joining this group, I mean, you guys have pushed me out of my comfort zone already. So I figured why not do some more, but it, it's, it was, it was one of those things that um, you can never have enough private money. 
man. I, I can't say that enough in my business. You just, there's, there's never a limit. There's never a ceiling, you know, because not only can you get more money, you never know when you meet that one investor that is going to have that 1% cheaper money or two have end, endless supply of it, or maybe more lenient, you know, just you, there's, I've always, as I've met more investors, you know, I remember I could look back 10 years ago and co now compared to the investors I have now, I mean, I have investors right now that I send them a deal and I, I have to beg them to look at the deal. In, not in the, not in the aspect to approve it. Like they approve it right away. I have to beg them to at least look at it. I just want them to just at least, at least show me that, you know, what you're investing. Like they trust us so much that, that they don't even bother looking at it. And it's, I mean, it's a great feeling to have, but it's a, it's, I, you know, I've worked our way up there and it's, and you can't assume that right now you have the best investor with you. You know, you got to keep meeting more people. You just never know when you hit that one uh, person. And I think that mentality is kind of what made me join that, that, um, that challenge, you know, one, when it takes me out of my comfort zone is, you know, I don't really like being on Facebook and doing too many, too many videos and stuff, but it pushed me out of my comfort zone. And, and you talked about secret identity. I think it was like the first or second day. Um, and it was, and it's, crazy how that that resonated i think more than anything else for me about the secret identity and for you guys who haven't looked at it and you could definitely you know join the challenge and you'll see what i'm talking about what, what bill what bill's mentioning there is that don't assume that people know what you're doing you know you, just because i've been in this business and i think you know we're, we're pretty doing well off here in san diego county i can't assume that my family friends other agents other wholesalers that they know us that they know exactly what we're doing or even the volume that we're doing like I, I really, I really started talking about that. And it, I was telling Bill today that I had an agent reach out and he said, because he saw me on those videos, he had no clue where I, he knew, he had no, he knew it was as a flipper here in San Diego, but he had no clue about what level we were at. And I could tell you that he pretty much told me on the phone that he can't wait to bring me more deals, which it's, if I wouldn't have done that, that challenge and really pushed myself to, to, to tell people what we're doing. I mean, he, he's known me for five, six years. I mean, now I think because of that, now he's going to start bringing us some deals, which is amazing. You know, I also, there was family that didn't know what I was doing. I mean, they said, I'd love to invest with you. I mean, I hit the challenge that that, that was not a problem. What, what I think, uh, I think I mentioned to you, Bill is, um, one of the, the best things about it on like the second or third day, I met someone, um, from there that I hadn't talked to in years and they had been uh, working for a hard money company, but they kind of went off on their own. Long story short, he just saw the volume that we're doing and he says, Hey, I have somebody in San Francisco that has about 40 million. And I know he, you know, he'd love to put into real estate, you know, mind if I put you guys together and we're working on something right now, you know, to, to try to put, put numbers together. And I mean, that's, that's $40 million that I can have maybe to behind me that an investor that I, now I feel comfortable, you know, once you have the money, now it's just finding deals, you know, so I can go find an apartment building you know, go put that money to work, you know, make him money and make me money. So it, it's, it was a huge, huge benefit doing that in, in many aspects, personal, you know, and, and the business. So it really uh, opened my eyes to um, making sure to let people know what you're doing and what you're up to all the time, because you never know in that one person, it could be a potential lender for you. You know, it could be a potential um, agent that could bring a deal to you. You never know. You just got to almost let everybody, everybody know until they don't want to hear it again of what you're up to. Yeah, but, I, but I can tell you that a lot of people get excited to hear anybody that's doing real estate. I mean, it's just an exciting type of business. So people will always be interested in even asking what you're up to because they'd always love to get into it. And a lot of people don't even know how to start. So 
if you can give them a start by even investing with you, I mean, it's a win-win situation. Yeah, and your, your videos were fun to watch too because you were uh, kind of most of the time like out back at the pool or occasionally at a property and stuff like that with this mask on. It was, it, they, they were fun. I enjoyed watching them and following along with you. So, so uh, just to give credit where credit's due, that secret identity was something that it introduced to me by Susan Lassiter Lyons. So she wrote a book called Getting the Money and that was the big aha that I had. I said, you know what? I've been keeping this, and she was on the podcast probably, I don't know, two or three months ago um, that I interviewed her and we talked a lot about that secret identity. So you can go back and look at that one if you want. Um, but that was the big aha for me. I was, I, I was afraid to talk about what I was doing. And, and I, I was like, when I become successful at it, then I'll talk, tell people what I do. And even then, like you're still, when, in, in Jesse's case, incredibly successful, right? 400 flips in San Diego. And people don't know. There's agents that don't. And most of his business is built on networking, right? With agents. And agents that have deals that could be bringing them to him don't know that. So just one little thing, one little tweak. I definitely spent a lot of time on that, uh, that challenge, way more than I planned on. And once I got into it, I said, I, I think it's probably one of the best things that I've created. Um, and we only made it a hundred bucks so more people could get it. And I only charge you a hundred dollars. So um, you would actually watch it and do it and commit to it. Uh, otherwise I would give it away for free. But I, cause I guess my, my next question is how important is private money? Let's, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to like pull out your crystal ball and dust it off and tell me what's going to happen in the next 12 months, the market. I am going to ask you to do that at Flip Hacking Live. But um, what I want uh, is let's just assume the fact that the next 12 months, there's going to be a bunch of buying opportunities and maybe 12, 12 months, two years, three years the next, for, for a while, it will eventually uh, shift to a buyer's market instead of a seller's market like we have now. Um, how important is private money and access to capital when that happens? You know, I, I, I tell everyone, um, my, my investors are lucky. Without them, actually, my business is nothing. So it, it's very important. It's actually... Uh, probably one of the most important things of my business. So it's, it's hard money lenders, private, private investors. I mean, they, they are the ones that can pretty much kill my business or make my business. So knowing to have, making the list of private lenders now, getting to know them, letting, even if you don't have a deal, you know, even if they know you're just getting started, just letting them know that you're getting into it, letting them meet you, letting them know that you're a true person that, that you really want to get your, you're going to work at this and you're going to work hard at it. I mean, that goes a long way. You know, I mean, even if you don't have a deal from right now, it's really having them ready to go because I do feel we're going to be getting deals here in the future, especially a lot of distressed, you know, properties coming up and to put yourself in that position to, because especially in San Diego, I mean, the competition is going to be tough to know that you have that, that, that money and you can, uh, promise an agent that you're going to close in five to seven days and the, and your private lenders are going to lend it to you. That's huge because the moment you don't do that, you burn your bridges with that agent and they're not going to give you another deal. So it's, it's very important to have these relationships with these uh, private money lenders already set up as many as you can, you know, have, have things ready. And that way, you know, that you can put your word out there and you, your word is bond and, and that you'll stick to what you say. It's, it's, it, I think without it, I mean, really it's your, your kind of your credibility goes down the drain, you know, at the end of the day with that, if you don't have your investors, hard money uh, set up, it's, it, you're, you're going to, your business won't thrive at all. We, we very quickly forget how fast the hard money lending business light switch turned off a few months ago in like March time. And that was when everybody started freaking out. Like our buyers started going, well, I, I can't fund these deals. My hard money lender turned off. 
And that's why I think that access to private capital and where they, they don't care, like their money's in their bank account. They're ready to lend at 100%, 110%, 120% of your purchase price and rehab costs. And that flexibility is what's going to make it through any other banking crisis, lending crisis, downturn of the market where credit starts drying up, things like that. And that's so, so important. I'm telling like that is the, that's one of the reasons why I was able to build the thriving business that I have right now is because I had access to other people's money. And when somebody else couldn't buy, I could. And I was able to, you know, to finance that stuff without having to worry about it. And every time I walked into a house, I was confident that I could get it funded. It's the same thing right now as we go into more of the multifamily side and start buying apartment buildings and things like that, where I'm not concerned when my partner right now is writing a $34 million contract on an apartment building. And he just tells that, tells it to me under his breath when we met last week. And I'm going, oh crap, I got to raise $10 million for this. In, in, in 30 days, raise $10 million. But having that confidence to say, and like you, you mentioned, Jesse, I know that you're doing some uh, apartment buildings and stuff like that. You've got a, an investor with $40 million. Like how powerful is it that you even have a, a line of contact to that person to provide an opportunity to them to come in? So I think it's huge. It's, it's probably the thing that new investors, intermediate investors and very seasoned investors could all work on at the same time, all the time. And any industry of, in real estate, multifamily buildings, new construction, Airbnb buyers, land investors, everybody needs access to capital. And private capital is like, that's the gold standard in what we have, uh, better than banks, better than uh, hard money lenders, stuff like that. So anyway, you go to 500kchallenge.com, you can put in a hundred bucks and see, uh, run the slot machine after 30 days and see what comes out. Hopefully it's you know, five, six million, like some people have seen, um, even if it's just the foundation and knowledge of, uh, of everything that you need to grow off of, I think it's, it's massive. So uh, anyway, I didn't bring you on here to sell the 500k challenge, but I'm just, I'm just shocked that more people aren't just like jumping into it, buying it, like getting in there. Cause it's probably, I don't know. It's like one of the best things I, I spent a lot of time on it. Let's put it that way. So, yeah. well, actually what you just said, I mean, actually it's funny how I already forgot. Um, mm -hmm. when COVID hit two of my big hard money lenders, one, one actually left us at the table like literally he funded it and retracted his funds at closing date and it's it's probably something that i'll probably won't ever you know be working with again um it's my private guys my private lenders i'm just saying it's private individuals that i've known for years there I, I look back and you're right they're, they're the ones that saved me i mean when everything happened they they asked me you know what are you going to do and i said i still still get deals and they just looked at me and said okay let's go i'm still lending you know, and also lend at the same, same pricing and everything. So it's because of them. I mean, that I guess I never even felt a change, but if I would have just been with just pure big hard money lending companies that, you know, even another one that we use right now, they changed, they changed really quick. Their prices went up and everything. It changed all our parameters. My private guys were the ones that stayed the same. So I guess that's one of the reasons I didn't feel too big of a change during COVID because everything was still the same with our private guys. And it's because our relationships with them that allowed us to keep going without, without doing anything. And obviously our, um, our track history and, and their, you know, your personal relationship that you build with them and the trust. So yeah, actually, right. You kind of, kind of made me realize uh, how, how good I have it with some of these guys and I need to call them and give them a thank you or send them some chocolates for sure. Yeah. Send them something. Cause I'll tell you that like we forget so fast, like that, that, that flow turns back on and we go back to what's easy. It's almost like, I don't know, uh, like when you're back in high school and you've got that girlfriend that kind of treats you like crap and you're like, 
I'm out of here. Like, I'm out of here. And you're like, ah, it's just so easy. Like, I'm, we're used to each other. We're, even though we fight all the time, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's nuts to think that we just forget about this stuff so fast. Like, I remember every single person in, in our community, in our mastermind group, we have 100% financing with multiple lenders. When that happened, they're calling me up. They're messaging me. They're texting me. Do you know this is happening? Like, I don't, I can't get this deal funded. They they were supposed to close tomorrow and they're pulling the loan. Like, what am I going to do? I got to come up with $50,000. Like, call one of your private lenders. Like, what's the problem? Well, I put all my eggs in that basket. Like, that's the problem, right? So that's why I created this. Like, I created this challenge specifically for that because I don't ever want that to happen to anybody again. Like, you should not let somebody else hold you hostage just because they are, because that's not a, that's not a relationship built on trust. That's a relationship built on numbers, data, and, and frankly, Wall Street, right? And it's, it's not about trust. And what we have, the reason that Jesse could talk to his private lender and they call him up and say, hey, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm still buying. I'm still going to do deals. And they're like, okay, let's go. Like, he didn't have to convince them. He didn't have to show, like, they trust him like, because he's built that trust up. And that's the key. If you build, if you work with people that you know, like, and trust, and you build that relationship, and they, they trust you with their hard-earned money, their life savings, their investment and they know that you're going to take care of it. That's the key. Like that is the key to this business. And that's how you win. So, all right, let's see. Um, the, the one thing that I did want to ask you is since you guys are flipping all the time and I got a question earlier, we're doing these flip hacking Fridays where um, I come on and I, I go live inside the Facebook group and I go on a zoom call and all these people jump on and ask me questions. And somebody asked me today about price of materials. So I don't really know the answer because we don't flip a ton anymore right now. So I've heard it that Material prices are going up and some labor costs are going up and things like that. Are you seeing that? And if you are, um, like, what do you think is going to happen with that? Is that going to get better over time or what's going on there? You know, we have seen it. I mean, um, for sure, we're having delays on, especially even appliances. Uh, believe it or not, appliances are, are super delayed. Um, certain things, you know, here at Home Depot, there is, it's just delayed. It's, I think it's just adjusting. And I think it's knowing that if things are two to three weeks out, the moment we buy that property, we need a, we have a checklist and we just have to go buy everything or start ordering everything um, right from the get-go. It, it's, that's, do I think it's going to keep happening? I think we're going to, the prices are going to, I mean, it's like you said, supply and demand, right? I mean, Home Depot and Lowe's are going to, you know, play the game and they're going to make money too. So it, I think they're going to see where, where they need to be at. And, um, you know, I mean, the reality is that they're two, they're the two big monsters that we all buy from. So um, knowing that that's, they have that power. I mean, we're kind of stuck at their mercy. Uh, we haven't seen our prices have gone, gone up a little bit, but I can't see it change dramatically in our cost. It's been more of a nuisance in the aspect that we can't get supplies as fast sometimes, mm. but, but price wise, our contractors and everything, they, you know, I hear them complain a little bit more here and there and they try to, you know, get some more money out of us and stuff. But, um, and, and, and we just got to adjust, you know, and, and if, I, I kind of told our project manager, go down to Home Depot and confirm, confirm what prices went up. Because if it did, I mean, at the same time, you got to keep the relationship like you do with agents, you got to keep the relationship with your contractors. You got to understand them too. So, I mean, if they, they're paying more and there's no way around it, well, then maybe we got to go up, you know, and pay them a little bit more. And we just got to readjust on our purchase price, you know, for our next set of deals. So it's, it's, it's adapting, adjusting to every situation. I, I don't know if it's going to keep going up, but um, I do feel that, I mean, there's so many people right now, um, even building ADUs and stuff, because now, now they want that ADU to have their home office, right? And now they're working from home. So I'm seeing it a lot here in San Diego that, I mean, I, 
they're 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 very very popular so not only do you have the regular flips but then also we have people in their home that are um doing um projects right because now they're homework so now they're actually buying wood to build the deck to do different things and that's materials that we would buy as well so even believe it or not even though it's not all the materials going technically to building or flipping or anything like that it's just regular homeowners that are now at home more then now they're doing more projects at their house that they're buying traditional stuff that we're they're buying new lights they're buying you know random things that we would buy as well so it's kind of keeping our supply you know uh, dwindling you know at the same time so if this keeps happening i mean i think it's it's um at the same time i think production of those items will go up so i kind of feel we'll get it back to a normal i mean that you know that it's got to be those those uh people the suppliers if they see they're selling like hotcakes, why not make more? I mean, that's, I just feel like that's what's going to happen. And they just haven't caught up yet, you know, right now to the, to the demand that we have. But um, that's, that's my intake on that for right now. Good. I don't think my uh, question, my answer was too far off then. It was basically supply and demand. And I think uh, we, we probably had a massively disruptive supply chain for a while too, with all the other countries and everywhere that we get products from shut down. So, um, and like you said, Home Depot and Lowe's have seen, there are some of the companies that have probably gone gangbusters through this. Um, when you couldn't even go outside of your house, the line at Home Depot and Lowe's was around the corner. I've never seen the parking lot so full because all the moms and dads were home from work doing uh, honeydew projects and things like that all around the house. So, and all that stuff is running them out. So uh, I get it. And the prices are going to go up. It's just the way it is. So um, I think the biggest thing there, if you're a flipper, is just to adjust you're like, know what's going on, talk to the contractors, talk to other investors, and then adjust your buy price. If, if your rehab cost goes up a little bit, factor that in, like expect that. And I've heard like uh, Joseph Druther is in my uh, accountability group right now. So I hear him, he's like, I couldn't do, I had, we, I got to go get windows. Like when the lead time on windows are longer than I've ever heard of in my entire life. It's like, they're slowing my project down. We have all this new construction stuff we're doing and I can't get windows anywhere. He said, I spent my whole week trying to find windows. So th the little things that you don't think about are some of the things that can catch you up in this business. And then the holding costs are, be, start to add up. And that's what really eats us up is those, those holding costs and things that are unforeseen. So the more we can uh, think ahead and uh, start. And, and I think that's the cool thing of being in an accountability group like that. And the, the group that we have is people are sharing that stuff before you even think about it. So he talks about his windows and everybody's else like, oh, that's... I actually, I'm going to need windows in a project coming up. I got to start thinking about that now. And instead of figuring out the hard way. So you came to Flip Hacking Live last year for the first time. Um, what, what was that event like? I, since you're going to be a speaker this year, let's talk about it a little bit. What was the event like and, and what, did you, what did you get from it? You know, I, um, I went with, uh, with, with my operations manager, Miguel, and uh, what took my assistant as well. She had just, actually, I just hired her. And I just, I'll never forget that I just looked at her and I said, take notes on everything. And it was just so much information that it was just, uh, it was, it, I felt like I was at Disneyland, you know, being, being a flipper in real estate. It was just, you're getting all this information in um, and, and there's so much of it, right? And there's so much of it and everything is great. Some might not apply to you. Some might, some might not. Because every, everybody's different, right? Everyone, maybe some are a wholesaler, some's a flipper, you know, some are just investors. So it just, it, it's funny that Flip Hacking Live really gave just a little bit of everything, even, even me, as like I said, I, I maybe we we built a, a successful business, but we're we're still we're still learning. I'm learning every day, and I learned not only just in the flipping, but actually even how to run a business, which I think is a huge, huge thing that most of these um, you know investors and people 
as you're growing that you need to need to understand that you're flipping as is now becoming a business, you know, and you need to run it like a business to be successful. And and knowing those things and really understanding that and learning from speakers at Flip Hacking Live that are, are running it like a business, they open your mind to things that you never even thought about. So for us back in October, I mean, I joined the group, you know, because we were already doing net, networking and, ML, you know, MLS deals and, and uh, without any marketing. But I, I've been wanting to get into direct marketing, you know, where, where I actually I'm getting going direct to sell it, you know, and I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I buy from wholesalers all the time, but I've never done it. You know, I don't consider myself a salesperson and go out there and go into going to appointments. So I had no clue even where to start. So we had already tried it for a couple months before and we failed. We were throwing money in the wind. We, we didn't even know what we we're doing, sending postcards out, but I don't even think we we're sending the right people. And really, I just kind of decided to go with this group for that same reason, because I said, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. You know, I mean, do I really want to try this on my own? Like when I started flipping on my own in 2010, if I would have had a group like this, I probably would have been way more successful many, many years ago. I mean, I think I got where I'm at, but it took because I had to learn, right? You know, um, mistakes that I made, things like that. Coming to a group like this, you already get to know what the mistakes are. They already know what pitfalls. You learn right away what to avoid. And that for me is huge because time is money, right? I'm not getting younger. So it's, it's one of those things that I wanted to grow that direct marketing side right away. You know, I mean, I'm an impatient person sometimes. And, uh, you know, I want things yesterday and, and, and that, like a lot of us do. And, uh, entrepreneurs in that mindset and why not you know why not join a group of people that are already doing it and willing to share how to do it so that you can jump in and, and, and place it so I mean we joined you know in October I mean really we, we kind of learned so many things uh, on that direct marketing side and I really implemented it since January and still learning each time and we've, we've bought uh, 11 deals so far this year just from the direct marketing side and you know and I don't mind I can even share my numbers if you want. I mean, it's, it's, it's our, our, we've really made, we made over 290,000 on those 11 deals alone after paying the marketing. So for us, that's a win. You know I mean? That, that's, that's, that's a win. I mean, and that's, that's, that's in the beginning. I mean, I'm still learning every day from the group of things to even make it, make it more, um, what, what do you want to call it? You know, just streamline it more, right? Streamline it more. And, and, and I'm now I'm adding it. So I have my regular business that we're doing. And now we're adding another acquisition side, right? That acquisition side is direct marketing. So, I mean, we've done 66 this year. 11 of them from, are from direct marketing. I mean, if I can get that to 20 this year, I mean, that'd be great. Maybe next year I'll get it to 40. You know, even if I don't, I mean, if I have 20, 30 coming from this side and another, you know, 50, 60 coming from our regular side of our MLS, I mean, that's, that's a win for us. So joining the group has really catapulted us to, to know. And, and, and it is about, I believe in, in using everything and, and Bill probably knows I'm, I'm, I ask a million questions. So, and I ask everyone in the group a million questions, but I do that because that's the way you learn. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of the group. It's asking people that have already done something that you would like to do and ask them how they do it. So you could do it correctly and not waste time and money. And that's, that's, and that's what, that's what I loved about it. And, you know, I, I, I bug you Bill all the time here to help me out. And I probably throw a question here and I throw questions to all the group. I mean, um, the other thing too, is that we jumped into is I would have never thought I'd be expanding my business. And we're in Florida, we're in Jacksonville, Florida, as of last month. I mean, we haven't bought a deal yet, but I've just prepared everything, you know, with help from the group, you know, asking them even for LLC and, and different, you know, laws in, in the area. And it's because of, you know, uh, you know, one, uh, one of the person in the group that that's wholesaling there, 
in Jacksonville. And, you know, it, it's, it's being in the, this group that allows you to, to meet these people that now I felt comfortable going to Jacksonville with my, my team, because guess what? Now we got wholesalers that we know that they, they've met me, they know me, they know I'm, I'm ready to go. And now they're going to give me deals. So how awesome is it to be able to expand to different markets because you know, people in those areas now because of the group that, you know, we, you can help each other out and really just uh, jumpstart us that who knows? I mean, I, I don't think I would have ever have even contemplated going to Jacksonville, you know, without this group. So it's, it's really cool to see it's how it opens your mind up. You mentioned a couple of things. You, the first one that I wrote down was a successful business. So the, there's, there's a, somebody who, who comes to this event who's never done a deal before who gets their business started, right? And then it makes sense. You need some support. You want to come to an event. You want to spend three days understanding what, what's working, what's not working, what we should, where I should go and get some support and see that it's possible, right? You have that belief that it's possible. And then you've got the person who's got a successful business and that's, that's an even easier decision because then it's just a couple tweaks of the dial it can even at five or 10% change, like you mentioned $290,000 that just came out of thin air from uh, 11 deals that came from this concept and idea of direct marketing that you were doing on your own and having some problems with it. And when you come in, that's what, that, for me, it was like to, to be a member of this group once I had a successful business was so easy because a 10% change was like $300,000 or $200,000 a year. And, um, and what else I wrote down was, you're, you're like a student of the craft. Like what I find with you, you say like, I ask a bunch of questions and I, I take, I, I'm involved in everything. Right. And that, that's what I love about you because you're really taking the time to, you're not, you're not the person who says I'm doing all this. Like you're very humble. You don't have a huge ego that, that shows itself, right? The business ego we all have, we're in competition, right? We want to win. It, that's clear. But it's not uh, like a chip on my shoulder and I don't, I don't need your help. I already know what I'm doing. It's, you're very open for information and you listen and you, you pick up inf and then you actually go execute on it. So you're like a student of the craft that's constantly um, grabbing some things and trying it out. And I feel like and when I look back to when I watched Andy, um, like just saw his business for the first time, I was like, whoa, like, okay, I'm just going to take all of this stuff and figure out how to put it into my business? Does it make sense? If it's not for me, then I'm just going to put it over here. And I'm just going to build this little Frankenstein model based on other people's success. And I see you doing the same thing, which is really exciting. So uh, anytime you ask me a question or we jump on and talk, it's, it's very much like, hey, I want you guys to listen to this and then let's go back and let's see how we can put it into our, into our company. Does it work? Does it fit? How can we manipulate this and make some changes? Uh, you mentioned the wholesaler in Jacksonville. He's going to be coming on the podcast to talk about his virtual wholesaling concept. He's going to be speaking at Flip Hacking Live too. So like all these, all these folks, it's all inter, 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 interwoven, right? They all work together. They, um, it, we, we try to see like, how can we leverage the other assets, people that we know, network that we have and do more deals. So it's exciting. I'm, uh, I'm pumped. Hey, I want to ask you, um, I want before we ask you what you're talking about at Flip Hacking Live, I want to ask you one question. It's, it's something that that I've tried to talk about more is some of my struggles and issues and failures and things like that and share it. So people don't think that everything's like roses and rainbows in everything that we do. So one question I want to start asking on here to people is like, what is, if you could look back, like what is a, a mistake that you made that in business that you feel like was a pretty big one that could potentially help somebody else? So like, what's that, what's that one massive failure in your business life you feel like that, um, that you would, you, that you're open to sharing? Yeah. Um, 
I'm pretty sure I have quite a few because that's how I learned. But um, I mean, just just some big ones is is knowing being open minded of um, of, of building a team, you know, and it doesn't have to be a big team. I mean, you could just be an assistant. Once you get to that point, it's really knowing what um, I, I want. I want to consider that not like I want to consider that something I I should have done a lot sooner. And and I think when I was doing 20, 20 flips a month, I mean, sorry, 20 flips a year in 2010, you know, what people don't remember is, I mean, I was doing 20, now I'm doing 80, right? But, you know, how many years did it take me to get to this point? You know, it took me like six, six, six seven years. I probably, I, if I would have known better in business that to delegate, I think I, I, as entrepreneurs, a lot of us try to do everything. We want to do everything because we want it our way. I think I know I'm like that. My wife will say, tell you that I'm like that. But uh, it, it's, it's one of those things that I wish I would have been open-minded to delegate things that are time-consuming, that you don't need it. They don't need to be 100% your way. They could be 80% your, your way and, and put someone else to do it because now you're focusing your time on things that are really going to make you money and project your business higher. So I don't know if that's kind of a negative thing, but I think that's, I think that's, I consider it a negative thing because I think I would have been successful a long time ago. Uh, a lot in a lot shorter period than what it took me to get right now if, with with having that in my in my mind you know so just holding on and doing everything yourself like nobody can do it as good as me right i i'm, I'm not building a team it's all mine like i'm gonna keep everything and not share all this stuff i think that's big like um that was a big hurdle that i had to go through is that um i don't know i i i struggle uh i, I struggled a lot in the beginning of delegating and, and hiring somebody and getting over that, that hurdle of bringing somebody on the team and the staff. So, all right, let's talk about Flip Hacking Live. Like I've given you this kind of challenge to come on the stage and, and speak to, I don't know, a thousand, 2000, 5,000, who knows, real estate investors about what you're doing. And um, so what's, what's kind of the, what can they expect from you? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to be an open book. You know, some of you heard me speak, some of you haven't, but I just, uh, you know, it, it's, I'm just going to tell you straightforward what, you know, what I'm doing. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And I'm going to just tell you exactly what I'm doing to do uh, on average. Like I said, we're the last three years, we're doing 80 deals, 80 deals a year, you know, with no marketing. And that's, I know I mentioned we got into direct marketing this year, but be before that we're, we're still doing, you know, even right now this year, I think we'll do 80 on its own without the direct marketing. So what that means is I'm not spending money on postcards. I'm not spending money on Google ads on all those 80 deals that we've been doing is just through relationships, you know, just through relationships and um, through agents, wholesalers. And I'm going to teach you guys kind of like how we meet them, what we tell them, you know, you know, how do we build these relationships? Because those are huge things. How do you build relationships with your contractors? How do you build relationships with your, with your investors? You know, it, it's, it's not just, you hear 80 flips a year and it's not just about finding 80 houses. It's really about if you find those 80 houses, but you need the team to do it. You need the agents to get those to you. You need the wholesalers to get them to you. You need the contractors to be good contractors to work with you. And you also, you know, you need to also be in the right uh, frame of mind. So I kind of talk about that, kind of kind of tell you what I feel, the type of person you need to be to be able to, to get to that point, the kind of things you need to push yourself. You know, uh, Bill knows, I've said it before, I'm, I wake up late, I'm lazy sometimes. I mean, at, at the same, I mean, I am an entrepreneur, but I'm not a machine, you know, I mean, I'm a normal guy. I'm, I'm probably the last guy. I'm surprised myself to where I'm at. And, and like I said, anybody could do it. I just think if you put your mind to it and 
I'm going to try to show you everything I did to get there and catapult you to be able to do it a little bit faster than I did. Because I, I think it's amazing. It, I, I love the thought now. I've had so many people come to me and, and thank, thank me for sharing everything that, that I've done and how to do it. And it just, it's rewarding in, in its own, you know. Yeah, you know, it's those 80 deals are, it's probably like 60 to 65 relationships, right? This is, it's maybe somebody's bringing you two or three a year, but it's, it's got to be 50, 60 plus relationships. And that's what it's about. And it's not, uh, it's, it's, there's a system, right? You have a system down for it. That's, that's really, really good. And you're going to share it. And the people who listen, who actually go out and execute on it are going to go make millions of dollars. Like this one system of, of networking and referrals and figuring out how to get deals to flip without spending any money. This is a, a complete gold mine, like absolute gold mine, like multi-million dollar concept that the people that take it and go execute on it are going to make millions of dollars. There's no doubt about it. And I've even heard, I've heard Jesse say in other presentations that he sat on, that idea is going to go make me a million dollars. That idea can make me a million dollars because he's going to go execute on it. And if you guys execute on these ideas, just one 30 minute presentation of the 20 plus that we're going to do, we'll go make you a million dollars if you execute on it and you listen, you write down, you take notes and you go take action on it. So I'm excited about this one. I'm going to have my team there. We're going to be taking notes. We're going to be writing that stuff down. We're going to continue to build relationships and, and learn how to learn from you, Jesse, just like we, we're trading knowledge and information, right? All the time. And that's, that's where a successful business comes from. Learning from others. Don't have to make the same mistakes over and over again. And that's what Flip Hacking Live is all about. It's about showing up, spending three days. Like if you can imagine like, I don't know, just this conversation with Jesse for right now, let's go deeper, like give him 30 minutes. I don't have to ask him questions. I don't have to jump in and give uh, my side of the story, right? 30 minutes of time to just lay out the, the system that he uses to go find deals in a very competitive market. How much is that worth, right? It's, I'll tell you right now, if you're, you're listening to this before Thursday, September 10th, it's a ticket's $297. After that, the ticket price is going up. But I'll tell you, just that one 30-minute conversation is worth 100 times more than what you're going to pay for the ticket. And we got 20 more just like it. So don't wait. Go to flippackinglive.com and get your tickets. Um, when we put this out, we're going to be doing a call on September 8th. So this podcast is going to go out on September 8th. Um, that night, Tuesday night, 8.30 Central, we're going to be doing a call with all the other speakers where we're going to be announcing their, their topics, what they're going to talk about, do you know, a fun event where we're just going to get together and hang out and talk about Flip Hacking Live, answer any questions that anybody has. Um, and if you're listening to this after that, then um, we'll probably put it out on the podcast at some point or, or put it out to, uh, on our YouTube channel or something like that. You can check it out, but don't wait. September 10th, the prices are going up. Um, I'm not, this is not a, a, a game. I'm not uh, kind of messing around. September 10th at midnight, the prices go up. So get your ticket. I don't want you to pay more than $2.97 for this ticket. Um, go grab it. And uh, if you wait, that's fine. Um, I still want you to be there, but you're going to pay a little bit more. And ticket prices will go up every couple of weeks. So uh, jump in there, hang out with me, hang out with Jesse, um, all the other speakers. I'm going to be bringing them on the podcast over the coming weeks. We're going to hear their story. We're going to find out what they're up to. And we're going to, uh, I'm challenging Jesse to say, like, the reason why this networking concept is so powerful is as, as the market changes and adjusts and, and adapts, like, we're going to need to figure out other ways to find deals. And this is, this is just another tool that you have in your toolbox to go network with people. Like if it becomes more of a buyer's market, wholesalers are going to have trouble moving their properties. And when they have trouble moving their properties, you want to be the person that says, I'm still buying. Like, let's have a relate. Let's use Jesse's system to follow up with them, to talk with them, to send them something, to have lunch, to do all the things that he's doing. 
And same with the realtors. They're going to be scrambling to get more profit. They want to make commissions. People want to make money. Jesse's in the business of helping other people make money and building relationships. And he knows that if he helps enough people, then he's going to make money too. It's just the way it works. So um, Jesse, thanks for hanging out with us. I appreciate it, man. As always, I learned something. I got some notes here and um, I'm excited to listen to your presentation. And uh, I'm also excited to talk with you ahead of time. And you're going to tell me like how nervous you are when I tell you how many people are going to be there. So, uh, and then uh, I look forward to hearing you uh, your wife say how nervous you are and how you're pacing around the house and all this stuff. And it, you didn't sleep the night before. It's, uh, it's going to be kind of fun. So I'm not intentionally putting you in pain, but uh, it is kind of fun to watch you squirm. <laughs> no, thanks, Bill. I appreciate you having me on and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right, go to flipbackandlive.com. Don't wait, grab your tickets before the prices go up. And I, if you're listening to this on Tuesday when we put it out, I'll see you guys tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be hanging out with all the speakers and, uh, and spending some time together announcing. I might even, I don't know, maybe I'll, like, maybe I'll slip a, uh, one of the keynote speakers or something ahead of time and, and give you guys something to look forward to. So um, I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be an awesome event and I look forward to seeing you all there. Jesse, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know you're busy. So uh, spending time with me has been fun. If you guys like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast make sure that you're downloading it on a regular basis. Give us a review. That means so much to us in the podcasting world. If you review the podcast and uh, if you love this one, like grab a screenshot, tag Jesse, tag myself on social media. I'm at Bill Allen REI. Um, Jesse, do you want to, do you want to mention like where are people going to get a hold of you? If there's any private money lenders that want to lend money to you or reach out to you on your deals, like where do you want to send some people? Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, my email is jesse, J-E-S-S-E at ajxhomes.com. So just feel free to reach out to me directly. I mean, I'd love to have a conversation with you and if there's something we could put together. I'm always open. All right. I'll sell Jesse. If you guys are in the San Diego area or want to lend some money or do some deals together, like reach out to him. I, I, I put him in touch with uh, somebody that I knew from the area and it looks, sounds like they're doing a deal together. Like, this guy closes deals. So, so if you need a buyer in San Diego or you know somebody that he can help out, um, they're awesome at what they do. Absolute top notch. So Jesse, thanks for hanging out with me. I will see you soon. And everybody on the podcast, don't wait, go to flippackinglive.com, grab your ticket. Uh, you know, you're going to go. So don't wait till the last minute and freak me out that we're not going to, nobody's going to show up because I want to put Jesse under a lot of pressure. Let's get over a thousand people there. Let's help as many people as we can and let's make Jesse really sweat. So, all right. I'll uh, see you guys on the next podcast. Bye. Hey, it's Bill again, and I want to personally invite you to our biggest event of the year, Flip Hacking Live. If you could copy the exact deal sources, marketing strategies, negotiation tactics, and business systems of the most successful house flippers and wholesalers in the nation, how would that change your business? Flip Hacking Live is a three-day event that we do just once per year, and it's happening October 15th through the 17th. We bring in the nation's top wholesalers and house flippers to walk you through everything they're doing how they're marketing directly to sellers, how they're picking up discounted off-market properties, how they're doubling their close ratio with the right negotiation tactics, how they're raising millions of dollars in private money, the things they're doing that other investors aren't doing, all of it. These are the guys and gals who are actively doing deals at a high volume in today's market all across the country. You get their full attention for three days. They have agreed to hold nothing back and you'll be right there with them so you can ask questions and get clarification on anything that you need. This is your chance to hack the nation's top flippers and wholesalers and ethically steal their exact strategies and systems. All you have to do is take notes, ask questions, and apply what you learn. But first, you need to get a ticket. We've sold out every year and ticket prices go up every few months. So go to fliphackinglive.com right now and get your tickets today. 
fliphackinglive.com, October 15th through the 17th. This is an event that you cannot afford to miss.